MSW Media. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Friday, March 1st, 2024. Today, an Illinois judge has barred Donald Trump from the ballot under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. Trump media co-founders are suing him for a dilution of their shares. A House Republican prepares a discharge petition to fund Ukraine. Republicans in the Senate block Senator Tammy Duckworth's bill protecting IVF. The House passed a continuing resolution to avert a government shutdown. Trump's claims of migrant crime are disproven by data. And Idaho halts an execution by lethal injection after eight failed attempts to insert an IV line. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Hello, Dana. Happy Friday. Happy March 1st. Rabbit, rabbit. How are you today? I'm good. I'm I'm good. I'm I'm a I'm fine. Like <laughs> just when everyone says how are you, I have this like deluge of thoughts where I'm like I, I I think I'm okay. Like I got through the day. Woke up alive. Here we go. It takes me back to Mary Trump when we would have discussions with her. And she's just yeah. don't ask me how I'm doing. Just say what's good. <laughs> what's, just good? what's good? What's good? Um, it's uh it's been a week. <laughs> it has. Been it's a been week. a month. We are out of February now. We have an emergency episode of the Jack podcast out right now on the immunity ruling. You can listen to that. It's also Friday. That means it's Fugelsang Friday. So I'll be joined later by my friend John Fugelsang. We're going to talk about SCOTUS and Mitch McConnell leaving uh, the Senate or, well, in 2027, but stepping down from his leadership position this November. Uh, Some stuff going on in Congress. Uh, Rep Fitzpatrick, who's a Republican, brought forward a discharge petition to get Ukraine funded, but he also included some real draconian border stuff on it. So Democratic leadership shut that down pretty quickly. We'll see what ends up happening. But they did pass a continuing resolution to fund the government for like another couple weeks or something stupid. We'll see what happens. Yep. Yeah. And uh, Eugene's lawyers have uh, responded and opposed Trump's motion to stay her ruling, saying it's like about as paper thin as if it couldn't be more paper thin if it was written on a cocktail napkin or something to that effect. Like, Just pay what you owe. And if you can't afford it, just say that and sell your buildings. Anyway, it's going to be interesting to see uh, what the judge uh, determines there. And then, of course, All the Republican senators blocked unanimous consent to pass Tammy Duckworth's bill protecting IVF because they're all talking out of their asses. Of course. Yeah, that's what's going on in Congress. And then, uh, hey, Columbus, guess what? Sold out. You did it, didn't it? One ticket left. Stop it. If you're listening to the (laughs) podcast right now and you're near Columbus, Ohio, you need to go on immediately and get that ticket because if it's not you, you're going to be sad that it's not. So that one little ticket um, could be you. Do it's, it. it's at the bar. Do so, it now. Bar yeah. seats are the best seats. I They're my favorite because you don't have I to get up to get them. drinks. You don't have to wait for the server. <laughs> yep. Same, same. Kind of love yeah. them. Mm-hmm. And you've got your shows coming up, right? I do. I do. Next Friday, if you're listening to this on Friday, a week from today, I've got that Bend, Oregon show. If you're in Central Oregon, um, please go get tickets. Come out and have some fun. Listen to some jokes. Get some laughter, and we need it more than ever. Mm -hmm. And on April 12th, I will be in Fort Lauderdale, Florida at the Sunshine Cathedral. You can get tickets to both of those shows on my website at danagoldberg.com. And there's a few galas in between all of that where I will be. So I hope to see some of you at my live comedy shows. If you've ever been to a gala, and I know a lot of you Beans listeners have because you come up and say hi, which is wonderful. You know, I only do about between five and 10 minutes of stand up because then I go into the fundraising. But when it's my live show, hour, hour and 15 straight. So let's go have some fun. Well, Four not straight, hours, but you know Six what I mean. hours, <laughs> not straight. <laughs> Uh, Dickly, but not strictly. No. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, it's the, it, your shows are incredible. I was, I was lucky enough to get to see you at Martini's above fourth. That was an incredible yeah. show. That was good really. times that night. Yeah. Just, yeah, we all need a laugh. So head out to Bend, Oregon or Sunshine Cathedral, March 8th, April 12th. Um, they're going to be incredible shows. All right. We have a lot of news to get to today. So let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right. First up, and a content warning here for capital punishment and the death penalty. This is from Rebecca Boone. 
at the Associated Press, Idaho halted their execution of Thomas Eugene Creech on Wednesday after a medical team repeatedly failed to find a vein where they could establish an intravenous line to carry the lethal injection. Creech, who's 73, has been in prison half a century. He's convicted of five murders in three states and suspected of several more. He was already serving a life term when he beat a fellow inmate, a 22-year-old named David Dale Jensen, uh, to death in 1981. And that's what he's being put to death for. Uh, Creech, one of the longest-serving death row inmates in the United States, was wheeled into an execution chamber at the Idaho Idaho Maximum Security Institution on a gurney at 10 a.m. Three medical team members tried eight times to establish an IV. Department of Correction Director Josh Tewalt said that in a news conference afterwards. In some cases, they couldn't access the vein. In others, they could but had concerns about vein quality. They attempted sites in his arms, legs, hands, and feet. At one point, a medical team member left to gather more supplies. Dana. Jesus. The warden announced he was halting the execution at 10.58 a.m., about an hour. I can't imagine the torture of that. Creech's attorneys immediately filed new motions for a stay in the U.S. District Court, saying the badly botched execution attempt proves the department's inability to carry out humane and constitutional executions. The court granted the stay after Idaho confirmed it would not try again to execute him before the death warrant expired. The state will still have to obtain another warrant if it wants to carry out the execution. Quote, this is what happens when unknown individuals with unknown training are assigned to carry out an execution. That's Federal Defender Services of Idaho in a written statement. This is precisely the kind of mishap we warned the state and the courts could happen when attempting to execute one of the country's oldest death row inmates. Now, six Idaho officials, including Attorney General Raul Labrador and four news media representatives, including the Associated Press reporter, were on hand to witness the attempt which was to be Idaho's first execution in 12 years. The execution team was made up entirely of volunteers, the corrections department said. Those tasked with inserting the IVs and administering the lethal drug have medical training, but their identities were kept secret. They wore white face coverings and Navy scrub caps to conceal their faces. With each attempt to insert the IV, the medical team cleaned the skin with alcohol injected a numbing solution, cleaned the skin again, and then attempted to place the IV catheter. Each attempt took several minutes, with the medical team members palpating the skin, trying to position the needles, etc. Now, Creech frequently looked toward his family members and representatives who were sitting in a separate witness room. His arms were strapped to the table, but he often extended his fingers toward them. He appeared to mouth, I love you, to someone in the room on occasion. And after the execution was halted, the warden approached Creech and whispered to him for several minutes, giving his arm a squeeze. Now, Creech's attorneys filed then a flurry of late appeals hoping to forestall this execution. They included claims that his clemency hearing was unfair, that it was unconstitutional to kill him because he was sentenced by a judge rather than a jury, and that the state had not provided enough information about how it obtained the lethal drug, pentobarbital, that's what it's called, nor did they talk about how it was going to be administered. But the courts found no grounds for leniency. Creech's last chance, a petition to the U.S. Supreme Court, was denied a few hours before the scheduled execution on Wednesday. And last year, Idaho lawmakers passed a law authorizing execution by firing squad when lethal injection is not available. Good Lord. Prison officials have not yet written a standard operating policy for the use of a firing squad, nor have they constructed a facility where a firing squad execution could occur. Both would have to happen before the state could attempt to use the new law, which would likely trigger several legal challenges. Other states have also had trouble carrying out lethal injections. Alabama Governor Kay Ivey paused executions for several months to conduct an internal review after officials called off lethal injection uh, for Kenneth Eugene Smith in November of 2022, the third time since 2018 Alabama had been unable to conduct executions due to problems with IV lines. This should just not be happening. I agree. 100%. I agree with you. (sighs) All right, AG, this is from Garrett Hake. Is that how Garrett says his last name at NBC? Mm -hmm. Garrett Hake. When Donald Trump speaks at the southern border in Texas on Thursday, uh, he speaks loosely, (laughs) you can expect to hear him talk about migrant crime. This is a category he's coined and defined as a terrifying binge of criminal activity committed by undocumented immigrants spreading across the country. Quote, you know, in New York, what's happening with the crime is through the roof. It's called migrant. This is what the former president said at a rally in Michigan earlier this month. And he went on to say, they beat up police officers. You've seen that they go, they stab people, hurt people, shoot people. It's a whole new form 
And they have gangs now that are making our gangs look like small potatoes. I, I just I don't understand. <laughs> Trump has undoubtedly tapped into the rising anger over crimes allegedly, allegedly committed by undocumented migrants that have gained national attention. Most recently, the killing of college student Lakin Riley in Georgia last week, after which an undocumented migrant from Venezuela was arrested and charged with her murder. And the much reported fight between New York police officers and a, a group of migrant teens. According to a recent Pew poll, 57% of Americans said that a large number of migrants seeking to enter the country leads to more crime. Republicans, 85%, overwhelmingly say the migrant surge leads to increase in crime in the U.S., while well, a far smaller share of Democrats, only 31%, which I believe is still too high, mm-hmm. say the same thing. The poll found that 63% of Democrats say it does not have much of an impact. But despite the former president's campaign rhetoric, expert analysis, and available data from major city police departments show that despite several horrifying high-profile incidents, there's no evidence of a migrant-driven crime wave in the United States. That won't change the way Trump's talking about immigrants in his new bid to return to the White House, as he argues that President Joe Biden's immigration policies are making Americans less safe. And Trump says voters should hold Biden personally responsible for every crime committed by an undocumented immigrant, which infuriates me because Trump is the one that is keeping anything from getting fixed at the border. Mm-hmm. An NBC News review of available 2024 crime data from the cities targeted by Texas's Operation Lone Star, which buses or flies migrants from the border to major cities in the interior, shows overall crime levels dropping in those cities that have received the most migrants. Hmm. Dropping. Overall crime is down down year over year in Philadelphia, Chicago, Denver, New York, and Los Angeles. Crime has risen in Washington, D.C., specifically probably from politicians. But, you know, I jest. But local officials do not attribute the spike to migrants. In December 2020, researchers studying Texas crime statistics found that, quote, contrary to public perception, we observe considerably low felony arrest rates among undocumented immigrants compared to legal immigrants and native-born U.S. citizens find no evidence that undocumented criminality has increased in recent years. Yeah. There's none. There's none. This is the war. This is it, though. This is their caravans. This is the scare tactic. This is what they're using for the upcoming election. Mm-hmm. And hopefully the uh, the voters proved that people aren't buying it. The voters who elected uh, Tom Suozzi in New York. This is from Mitch Smith. Did it, is it Tom? Mr. Suozzi. I, I hope I got his first name right. My, now I have to look it up. All right, everybody. Yeah. S-U-O-Z-Z-I. Tom. I was right. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. All yep, right, yep. cool. Tom Swasey. <laughs> Just I always am like second guessing myself on some of these things. Um, this next story is from Mitch Smith at the New York Times. A state judge in Illinois ruled on Wednesday that former President Donald Trump had engaged in insurrection and was ineligible to appear on the state's primary ballot. The decision creates uncertainty for the state's March election in which early voting is already underway. It also adds urgency for the U.S. Supreme Court to provide a national answer to the questions that have been raised about Trump's eligibility to appear on ballots in more than 30 states. The judge, Tracy Porter, of the state circuit court in Cook County, said the state board of elections had erred in rejecting an attempt to remove Trump from the ballot and said the board shall remove Donald John Trump from the ballot for the general primary election. That's interesting. The general primary election on March 19th, 2024. Or cause any votes cast for him to be suppressed. So you can't even write him in. (laughs) But the decision by Judge Porter, a Democrat, was stayed until Friday, which means Mr. Trump can remain on the Illinois ballot, at least until then. A spokesman for the Trump campaign said the ruling was unconstitutional and vowed to appeal. Uh, It's not. It's like right in the fucking Constitution, Section 3 of the 14th Mm -hmm. Amendment. Yep, 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 right there. Just, you know, just saying. Judge Porter's ruling makes Illinois the most populous state where Trump has been deemed ineligible on constitutional grounds. Officials in Colorado and Maine earlier ruled him ineligible on similar grounds. Of course, that's up to the Supreme Court now. The ballot challenge focuses on whether Trump's efforts to overturn the 2020 election disqualify him from holding the presidency again. The cases are based largely on the untested clause of the 14th Amendment, which was enacted after the Civil War that prohibits government officials who engaged in insurrection or rebellion from holding office. 
The decision recognizes the importance of rule of law and upholding the mandate of the Constitution. That's Karen Letterer, a lawyer for the Illinois residents that are challenging Trump. And she said that in a statement. Formal challenges to Trump's candidacy have been filed in at least 36 states, according to a New York Times review of court records and other documents. Many of those objections have been rejected or dismissed, while others remain pending in state and federal courts. Now, it's not yet clear whether Judge Porter's ruling what it would mean practically for Republican voters in Illinois if no higher court steps in before Friday. Without guidance from the Supreme Court, state officials have been left to make their own decisions about Trump's eligibility. Judge Porter, who sits in Cook County, which includes Chicago, agreed that Trump committed insurrection, but said the matter had been within the board's purview. In her ruling, Judge Porter said she, quote, realizes the magnitude of this decision and its impact on the upcoming primary Illinois elections. But she added Trump was ineligible based on engaging in insurrection on January 6th and his name should be removed from the ballot. Seems pretty clear. Absolutely. All right. This is from Drew Harwell at The Post. The co-founders of former President Donald Trump's media company, they filed a lawsuit on Wednesday claiming that Donald himself and other leaders had schemed to deprive them of a stake in the company that could be worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Hmm. The case could complicate a long-delayed bid by Trump Media and Technology Group, owner of the social network True Social, to merge with a special purpose acquisition company called Digital World Acquisition and become a publicly traded company. That merger deal, which could value Trump's stake in the company at more than $3 billion, would offer the former president a financial lifeline at a time when he is facing more than $454 million in penalties from a civil fraud judgment this month in New York. That doesn't even mention E. Jean Carroll's money. Mm-hmm. The filing said that Trump was set to receive 78 million shares in the post-merger company, a stake worth $3.5 billion at today's share price, and that UAV would receive more than 7 million shares, a stake worth about $339 million. Quote, throughout TMTG's corporate history, the motion states this, UAV's 8.6% ownership interest has been recognized and honored. But UAV's attorneys allege in the motion that Trump has recently attempted to drastically dilute, really fucking surprised here, drastically dilute the partnership stake as part of what they called an 11th hour pre-merger corporate maneuvering tactic designed to increase the amount of authorized stock from 120 million shares to a billion shares. Mm. Yep. Makes them all worth a lot less. UAV's attorneys wrote that the dilution scheme had no legitimate business purpose and suggested that Trump and the Trump media board plan to issue the new shares to quote Trump and or his associates and children watering down UAV's stake to less than 1%. So Trump's doing something that has no legitimate business purpose? I know you're shocked. Just let me finish the story. Oh, sorry. (laughs) I'm I'm just, I'm blown away. I know. And we'll talk about it during the break. UAV was, quote, promised 8.6% of this company, and sadly its business partners are baselessly trying to renege. That's what the partnership lead attorney, Christopher J. Clark of Clark Smith Blazer, In an interview with the Washington Post describing the lawsuit, he said, they feel like we made true social for you. You get 90%, but some people just aren't happy with 90%. Right. Clark has represented high-profile defendants, including Hunter Biden, Elon Musk, and billionaire businessman Mark Cuban. After representing President Joe Biden's son for several years in negotiations related to a Justice Department investigation, Clark stepped down in August due to the possibility that he could be called to testify as a witness on Hunter Biden's behalf. Ah, interesting. Yeah, that's yeah. why he jumped. He dropped off that case. Yeah, that's the David Weiss case, by the way, which has been going on since 2018. Wow. God, that has been a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Election interference. <laughs> <laughs> but whatever. Wow. Thanks for that story. And uh, good. I'm, I hope that they... Uh, that can prove that he's diluting those stocks. Oh, it'd be great. Can't figure out why Trump needs all that money. No, no. Maybe he just doesn't have cash. Uh, maybe he lied on the stand when he said he had $400 billion liquid. Also, uh, how the fuck is Truth Social worth that much? Sorry, $400 million. Yeah, I, I think it's just because of the IPO. Um, I guess. I don't know. Um, I'm surprised more people haven't been indicted. I think three or four people have been. <laughs> but yeah. I guess they're letting it go forward. I, You know what? Um, nothing surprises me these days. All right. We have uh, a wonderful surprise for you, which isn't a surprise because it's Friday and you know it's Yay! coming, but we'll be back with John Fugel saying after this quick break and then the good news. Stick around. We'll be right back. Yay! 
Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's Friday, and that means it's Fugelsang Friday. You can catch him every weeknight on Sirius XM Progress Channel 127 with the Tell Me Everything show. And he's dinging right now because that uh, apparently I'm correct. I've got the times yes. and days correct of the Tell Me Everything show. Channel 127, <laughs> weeknights, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 Pacific. And of course, if you don't have Sirius, you can always listen to the John Fugelsang show, which is a podcast which you can get for free wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, John. How are you? Happy Friday, my friend. Uh, happy Friday, Allison. It's great to see you. It's always good to see you. And uh, on a personal note, happy anniversary, sir. Why, thank you so much. Thank you. We we did it on a leap day, so we only have to acknowledge it every four years. So it's it's pretty clean. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, I thought about that, too. Maybe getting married on February 30th, so I would never have to actually get oh. married. Uh, but well, that's, you know, that's better than us. That's just, <laughs> that's just my new plan going forward. I wanted to talk to you today about the Supreme Court. Uh, you know, we recently got the... Uh, not a ruling. I think it's called a uh, what's it called? An order uh, from the Supreme Court granting certiorari in the immunity case. They're going to hear it and they're going to hear a different question than what the D.C. Circuit Court decided, which I think is weird. I don't think they have dicta to do that. But whatever. Who am I? I'm not a Supreme Court justice whose wife participated in an insurrection. Uh, I am a mere podcast host. But uh, I think that this is the wrong decision. And uh, I was wondering what your thoughts on it were. Oh, slow walking the immunity case because the founding fathers really, really, really missed having a king. Yeah, I think it's the wrong choice, too. The right choice is uh, expanding the court, uh, 20 year term limits and a full ethics investigation uh, of Clarence Thomas. But yeah, I mean, this is where it's at now. This is how rigged the system is. The Republican Party has gone from I am not a crook to a crook is not a crook. And Donald Trump now controls the House. Uh, he's going to control the Senate once one of his shills replaces Mitch, but we'll get to that. He controls the Supreme Court, and with his untalented daughter-in-law, he will now control the RNC. So on one level, that's great, because I'd love to see the guy who lost the popular vote in 2016, uh, lost the midterms of 2018, lost the popular and electoral vote of 2020, lost the midterms of 2022, and lost every special election of 2023 in charge of the entire Republican Party. That's good casting. Laura Trump running the RNC? I don't want to be petty, and neither is she. But um, I, I think that kind of nepotism is great. What's disturbing is that it's it's the Supreme Court. And right now, this court, and the appellate court said, no way, the president doesn't have immunity against crimes. This court has already garbled that language and saying uh, immunity for actions he took while president, not crimes he did while president, but actions he took. So they're already signaling how they're going to go. And your very smart listeners probably already know this. But when we talk about this six to three majority on the Supreme Court, when you look at those six, two of them appointed by George W. Bush, who got the White House after losing the popular vote of the American people, three of them appointed by Donald Trump, who got the White House after losing the popular vote of the American people. And the last one, Clarence Thomas, appointed by H.W. Bush, who opposed the 1964 Civil Rights Act. This means Americans don't decide who decides our laws. And that's the reality of this court we have right now. Agreed. And uh, I, I don't think they'll grant him immunity, but my that's trust not why they're doing it. My trust is waning. No, th this it's is delay. This is delay. Yeah. And now we may not see this uh, very important trial go before the election, which was the whole point. This is the most important trial. We discussed this last week. I think it's the most important trial in the history of this country. I, I call it history's most important case for spray tans, most absorbent face. But I mean, we went good 240 odd years with the peaceful transfer of power until Donald Trump decided otherwise. And it, it is the most important court case in history. And if it's delayed so much that it has to start late, I, I just want to say there's there's reasons not to despair here and get your head out the oven. Because number one, what if it starts late? And that means this trial is in progress on Election Day. I can totally live with that because this trial is going to get a lot more coverage than the January 6th hearings did. But the real issue here is they're doing this at the same time. They're trying to ban IVF 
Like, like they can't stop stepping on rakes, Allison. They're not awakening a sleeping giant. They are smacking a sleeping giant with baseball bats on the edge of their own village. And all they're doing is giving women and uh, people who've read the Bible, people who aren't Christians, non-white people, and young people ever more reasons to never support this party. I swear to God, they keep campaigning to win the people that already support them. Mm. And they won't do anything to try to reach the independents in seven swing states that they need to reach. So I say, let them do it. The greatest blessing America might have is that all of our fascists are so goddamn incompetent. Nixon, eyes too big for his stomach. Bush and Cheney, too greedy, too stupid. Trump, God bless the fact that it, when it comes to our fascists, the stupid is always greater than the evil, and they always blow it. Yeah. Now let's talk about the Senate, because once Alabama and their Supreme Court said that uh, a frozen embryo is a person, we all of a sudden, uh, oh, that hits the backyards of uh, Republican voters, right? The, uh, the well-to-do uh, folks who want to have families. And... Now, they all came out and said, no, 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 we support IVF. Many of them are products of in vitro fertilization. Many of them have children through in vitro fertilization. They said, we support it. We fully support it. But then Senator Tammy Duckworth brings her protection, IVF protection bill to the floor of the Senate. And every single Republican uh, to, took it down through in the yep. unanimous consent uh, process yep. and yep. showing again. Them, and then they say, well, she's just bringing it up now to show us up, right? Well, you're on the wrong side. If you weren't on the wrong side, there would be no showing up of you. But yeah. also, she brought this up in 2022 before Alabama de declared that embryos yeah. were, were babies. So th that is just part and parcel of exposing the Republican hypocrisy. They want to back away from it. They're, they back away from stuff. They took down Smirnoff's information off of their impeachment That's inquiry right. website. That's right. They sure they, did. They ba they're backing away from that. They're backing away from the Mayorkas thing. They're they're backing away from this now, the IVF thing. But then when it's time to show their true colors and perhaps vote for a bill or give unanimous consent to a bill that protects IVF, they all vote against it. And, and it. this is a, a product of one man who will be leaving uh, his position of leadership in the Republican Party in November, intends to serve out the rest of his term through 2027 not sure that's going to go over very well, uh, given his health issues. But let's talk about that. And let's talk about Mitch McConnell. Well, you're, I just want to say you're exactly right, except Tammy Duckworth didn't do this to show them up. She did it to show them off. She did it to put them on the record for where they really stand. Well, that's what they said. They, that's what yeah. they were saying. This is a gotcha yeah. moment. Yeah, well, guess what? Yeah, gotcha. gotcha. <laughs> yeah, you walked right into it. I mean, the, the ads write themselves. The Republican Party doesn't want to give women the right to not have a baby or to have a baby. <laughs> that's it. I mean, that's how deep their control is. They don't just want to stop you from having abortions. They want to stop women from conceiving now. Like, my God, why is it the homophobes who always want it both ways? And you're exactly right. A lot of people deserve credit for this, but nobody deserves credit for this more than Mitch McConnell. Um, the, the, his, his corrosive corruption and a man who did more harm to the Senate than any other uh, senator I can think of in history who knows the depth of Donald Trump's lies, who hates Donald Trump, and Donald Trump hates him, and he has set his legacy on fire to help a man he finds despicable. We wouldn't even be worried about this Supreme Court ruling had Mitch McConnell stepped forward and, and voted to convict Donald Trump of the second exactly. impeachment. Exactly. Well, we, we wouldn't have had to do this if the first black president had been allowed an up or down vote on his duly nominated Supreme Court appointee. And that's the point we have to keep hammering home. Mitch McConnell made sure that he took it upon himself to change the number of judges on a Supreme Court for a whole year from nine to eight. He decided that. And he did it so the first president who could not get an up or down vote just happened to be the first black president. Now, I'm not saying Mitch did it because he's a racist. I'm saying Mitch McConnell should have to deny he did it because he's a racist 
every day for the rest of his miserable life. And look, I wish him a happy retirement, uh, presumably gazing into the Ark of the Covenant as they open it, uh, or maybe that's what he already did. But, you know, I'm not going to let the media whitewash his legacy. He's the reason why Donald Trump is able to run for president. Uh -huh. I mean, Mitch McConnell was quoted in the book saying, let the Democrats handle the son of a bitch. He's the reason why women in this country have fewer rights than their mothers and grandmothers. He's the reason more than anyone else why Roe is gone. He's the reason why Trump can run again. He's a debit to his race. And, and He's the guy who told GOP donors to give the maximum to mansion and cinema. I mean, the, the guy's evil never runs out. He, the, I like to say Mitch McConnell read The Grapes of Wrath and he rooted for the bull weevil. He, he, the saddest thing about it was when he was a young man, he was pro-civil rights. And he talks about this a lot. He talks about how he was there at the Eye of a Dream speech. He was actually there in the Capitol when LBJ signed the Voting Rights Act in 1965. But that was a long time ago. And the NAACP rates members of Congress on how much they support civil rights legislation. And uh, 60 is passing. McConnell has a 13 percent. I mean, he, he voted against the, the voting, the John Lewis uh, Voting Rights Act, saying states rights, states rights, states rights, while denying that the filibuster has any history of racism. And I got to he won't denounce uh, white replacement theory. And let's never forget his famous Washington press conference where he said African-American voters are voting in just as high a percentage as Americans. He deserves to have the racism synonymous with his name and in the first paragraph of his obituary. Well, I have to say, um, a while back, looking ahead at the 2024 election, I thought certainly the Democrats are going to retake the House. Certainly, especially with all the work that Mark Elias is doing, democracy docket, protecting the vote. At this right, they'll retake the House before Election Day. <laughs> right. We just finally got Tom Swazi sworn in. By the way, the reason he wasn't sworn in was because they were on vacation, not because Mike Johnson was refusing to seat him or anything yeah, like Mike that. Yeah, Mike Johnson was way too busy before he left. Yes. Uh, they had to go on vacation before coming back to vote on a continuing resolution to avert a government shutdown and to continue to ignore funding Ukraine. But I thought for sure... We're going to retake the House. And I thought because of the challenging Senate map, we might lose the Senate, but that we would retain the White House because whether yep. it's Nikki Haley or some moderate Republican, and I'm not saying Nikki Haley is moderate, uh, some other moderate Republican that's not Nikki Haley. Um, and really, there are no moderate Republicans. There anyway, are no moderate Republicans. Semantics. Uh, some other not Trumper Republican. How about that? Okay. And Or Donald Trump. Trump can't win without independence. And non-Trump, non-MAGA can't win without MAGA. So I figured yeah. we'd probably get back into the White House pretty easily. But now, seeing all of, uh, in the last year and a half, all of the special elections, seeing all of these horrible anti-trans bills and, and anti-LGBTQ plus bills, all of these horrible decisions from red state Supreme Courts like the IVF and the overturning of Roe, obviously, in 2022, which led to, you know, what what we have now and and every single ballot initiative on on reproductive rights uh, That's right. being won by Democrats. I am actually starting to think that we actually can hold the Senate because this is such a different year, a yeah. different type of election. And I really hope that we do. Tis a consummation devoutly to be wished. Um, I would love to see it happen. And I kind of feel like the Republicans are doing all they can to encourage to the rest of it. us mm -hmm. to get out there and vote. I mean, it's just astonishing. They, they, they don't have to be this stupid, but they can't stop. I mean, Donald Trump is arguably the smartest of all of them when it comes to That's women's reproductive so. rights. Yeah, but like he's now he's saying, oh, we should only have a, 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 a national 16-week national abortion ban. Well, all voters are going to hear is national abortion ban. I mean, he's on the record for it. So, you know, let them keep on being as unpopular as possible. Let them stake everything on hatred of trans children and the migrants who pick our produce for us. That's all they got. That's all they got. I mean, who's, who's, who's going to vote for them? What is their agenda besides owning the libs, blind obedience to a racist reality TV show landlord, uh, national abortion ban, pulling out of NATO? Uh, supporting Vladimir Putin's invasion of an ally, 
um, not accepting the 2020 election. Uh, Supporting Bibi Netanyahu's. Uh, yeah, maybe possibly bombing Mexico. Horrible um, invasion of Pal Yeah, it's killing the electric car. Yeah, do that. Do you love Elon Musk? That's great. A guy who sells electric cars and he devotes himself on Twitter to helping elect a guy who wants to kill the electric car. I mean, their greed is greater than their common sense. And that's the greatest hope our republic has. Their goddamn stupidity. And I don't think they can trick people anymore. Oh, they can. Are you kidding? They've, well, they've, they've tricked 80, 70 odd million people into believing that criminalizing abortion has something to do with Jesus. They've, they're very good at tricking white folks, but they true. can't trick all the white folks. And the question is, all right, I should say trick fewer people. I think they're well, going to be able to trick fewer people this election cycle. Maybe. I mean, it all comes down to uh, white people in seven states who still haven't made up their mind between Trump and Biden yet. That's who everything depends on. Yeah. The dumbest white folks in seven states. Hmm. Well, if they keep up with this quote unquote platform that they have, uh, I think our uh, prospects are better than I thought they were a year and a half ago. We'll just say that. And if America was just old, white, fake Christians who denied the election and never went to college, they'd have it easy. Fortunately, we're a bit more diverse than that. So I'm all in favor of letting them secede giving them a big chunk of Texas, giving them, if they want, we'll give them Mississippi and Alabama. I love those states, but take those two. We'll take in Puerto Rico and D.C. as states and keep 50 stars on our flag and let them have the independent free republic of Whitopia, where Donald Trump is ruler, all guns, all the drugs, everything you want, no pollution uh, 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 legislation at all, and let him go hog what? Let Donald Trump and his sons show up in military garb. Let Trump execute drug dealers on camera. Let Trump marry his daughter. Let them have their own independent psycho state. And let us install some cameras, film it all, and sell it as pay-per-view. We'll balance the budget within a year. Our foreign allies would love to watch the road warrior carnage if MAGA finally had the libertarian society of their dreams. I, I, I'm all for it. No, I think they should leave our states alone and, and find their own place. But that's just, I'd love that even more. That's I'd just love me. that even more. Yeah. <laughs> because I know so many I know have... so many good Texans and Mississippians and Alabamans so I. I love working them all. I love so them all, but... hard to give preserve this republic. Give them a big chunk of Texas. And then in a year, when it's a third world shithole hellscape, run by this clown who dresses like the captain of the love boat, um, let him try to apply for asylum here. And that's when we'll say, uh-uh, boo-boo, we're building a wall. You go over to Mexico and plead your case to them. Hmm. Oh, the whole remain in Mexico thing would, would be a lot different, probably. Yeah. Uh, which is what this uh, Republican, Fitzpatrick, is trying to add on to his discharge petition to get Ukraine funded, is to to include uh, the remain in Mexico part of that's right. Of HR <laughs> One HR two something from this. Congress. I mean, I mean, think about this. Donald Trump is doing he's underperforming so badly in the primaries. If Joe Biden had only as an incumbent president hadn't been able to crack 60 percent in a primary, it's the only headline. we oh, read. Right. 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 Trump couldn't crack 60 percent this week in Michigan. Mm -hmm. And the RNC is almost broke. McConnell's leaving. Mike Johnson's a puppet. Well, 60 percent in South Carolina. I think he got 68 in Michigan. In Michigan. Sorry, I got it mixed up. You're right. He, he couldn't get 60 in South Carolina. Um, so great. At, at, at least 25 to 35 percent of Republicans will vote for the guy. And it's fantastic. What has he done to make himself more popular with people who didn't vote for him in 2020? Mm -hmm. That's the only issue. And another 30 to 50 percent more who won't vote for him if he's a convicted felon. And his first criminal trial starts March 25th. Correct. Now, that's not going to be a felony, right? That's Alvin Bragg for the state trial. Those are felonies. Oh, they are fel Oh, well, beautiful thing then. So 34 great. felony falsification of business record. And charges. again, I have no problem with Jack Smith's election interference case being delayed as long as it begins before the um, the election day. And look, the Nasdaq disclosed at a record today. So the Biden economy is recovering. And that's the message out there. I mean, everything is better now than it was four years ago. And this old man, I thought Biden did great overall on Seth Meyers this week. But again, we're not voting for Biden. We're voting for Donald Trump to go to the White House or go to jail. Well, That's just, what's on the ballot. Just a little over four years ago, we couldn't buy toilet paper. Correct. So <laughs> here Good we times. are. Here we are. Um, I appreciate your time, my friend. And I, I hope everybody tunes in to 
Tell Me Everything on Sirius XM Progress, Channel 127, weeknights, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, and your amazing podcast, The John Fugelsang Show. Thank you so oh, much, sucks. my friend. Thank you. Big announcement coming on Monday for the Sexy Liberal Tour. We're going to be doing a big one, and all the dates are going to be revealed uh, early next week. So we hope to see everybody on the road next year. Amazing. I have a big sexy tour coming up, too, but it's just called Alice and Gil Live with the Daily Beans. Uh <laughs> if you ever need an opener, I'm there for you. Thank you, my friend. I think we just sold out Columbus. There might be one ticket left. Like one. Congratulations. Like one ticket. Where are you playing in Columbus? That's so cool. Natalie's Music Hall. Brilliant. I'm very excited about that. We've got tons of other shows coming up. We're going to announce that too, but I'm going to be paying attention to your sexy liberal tour announcement on Monday. Everybody keep your eyes and ears open for that. Everybody stick around. We'll be right back with the good news. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Good news, good news. And if you have any good news, confessions, corrections, you want to play What the Fark is in Your Ark, which is a game where you send us a photo of an animal and we just guess what kind of animal it is or what color it is, uh, that's great. Uh, also, I'm I'm pretty good at guessing whether a cat is a boy cat or a girl cat. That's a fun game. So really? send me your cats and I'll try huh. to tell if you if they what have if a man cat. What if a cat's cat non-binary? Face. You don't know? No, I don't. I don't know. I can only just, you know, very guess based on their face. <laughs> <laughs> that's man face. I'm sorry, this cat's not presenting as... No, I, you know, I just... I'm real good at picking out man-cat faces, I guess. Uh, you a, are actually very good at that. I am not. It's a weird talent. I put... I, it's in my resume under skills. It should be hobbies. Uh, but anyway... <laughs> you need to bring that one to the top of the resume. You need <laughs> That'll to be the first that. thing. Quit burying the lead. I'm going to put that right top, top line <laughs> in my book proposal that I send out to... <laughs> Send mm-hmm. out to publishers. I can identify cat genders. So <laughs> you want to green light this book without looking at their butts? That's you right. should. Sell, you should buy my book. Uh, anyway, uh, what else do we have? Self shout outs, uh, theses, titles, shout outs to a loved one, dissertation titles, small businesses in your area. Uh, if you don't have pod pet tax to pay, you can send us an adoptable pet in your area. We can see if we can help find a forever home for the little baby. Uh, or senior animal. I love people who adopt senior animals. That's the coolest thing you could ever do. Um, and uh, also need your VA stories and your student debt relief stories. Those are incredible. We love those. Uh, Whoopie stories, blankie stories, stuffed animal stories, baby pictures, anything you want to send to us, do it at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. First up from Sharon in Manchester, UK, pronouns she and her. Frog orgy, exclamation point, exclamation point. This year's Froggy Fuck Fest started appropriately on Valentine's Day, 14th February, with a telltale ripples in my pond, signifying the first frog orgy. Frorgy? <laughs> Frorgy? Like uh, the first frog orgy visitors. A few weeks later, and the froggy frolicking is still in full swing, with dozens of pairs of eyes and copulations visible from afar, but disappearing as I get closer. I've done my best to snap some of the participants. <laughs> I've also included pics of the copious clouds. Those are my word for globs of spawn. Uh, Hope this fulfills your frog orgy yearnings for a month or two. Keep up the amazing work, ladies. Thanks for everything you do. Look at Wow, look at at those spawn. They look like, remind me of the Finding Nemo eggs, you know? Oh, yeah. Hi, everybody. God, that's a little bit creepy. There's a yeah. There's a lot. That's a, yeah. <gasps> okay. It's, uh, yep, it's kind of nope. alien. Scroll. Yep. Scrolling. 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 Oh, scrolling. All right. Okay. <sighs> all right. Moving on. This is from Nance. Rhymes with fancy. So it's Nancy. Hi, Nancy. Pronoun That's not she. Nancy. And I always think of. I always think of uh, Ellen DeGeneres. Her old comedy special. I'm waving. That's Nancy. Oh, that's not Nancy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> she's Hi, Nancy. No, that's not Nancy. Oh, she this one no, is Nancy. Ready. Pronoun she and her. Good morning, evening, Beans Queens. I have a correction for AG. I was listening to Clean Up an Aisle 45 on Wednesday, and AG was struggling to pronounce replevin. replevin. That's what you were struggling pr- to pronounce, just like I am, replevin. So I thought I would just help you out a bit. It's ruh, as in rut-row, we've been indicted. <laughs> Ple, the noise that made Moim Ketchup hits a wall. Ple, uh, Vin will be vindicated when Trump is finally convicted. Replevin. I uh, hope this helps you remember the pr- pronunciation for next time. 
Love the pods. I listen to all of them and appreciate both the news and the good news every morning. For pod pet tax, I offer Spock in his usual position while I'm attending Zoom meetings. The belly is not a trap. Spock's really just like a solid, fluffy, beautiful cat. Oh, what a baby. Look at that chin. So sweet. I want to scratch the chins. No. Why don't I grab the short one and uh, throw you into the longer one? This one's from Anonymous, pronouns he and him. Regarding school mascots, the Grays Harbor College in Washington State mascot is the Chokers. This refers to the large chains used in logging, a major industry near the college. There you go. All right. The Chokers. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Midnight. I mean, does it? Okay. Okay. Uh, Thank you for that, Anonymous. Next up, Katie G, pronouns she and her. Greetings, beautiful humans. I've been listening for years. Kind of wild to think about it in that way. I'm enamored with the whole MSW network, especially you two, AG and DG. Intelligent, funny, and hot. A bipan girl's dream combo. Wink, wink. (laughs) I am writing for a couple of reasons. A sort of self-shout out and a show of gratitude. First to gratitude, you two, and everyone who helps put the Daily Beans together every day. I honestly cannot say enough thanks for building this podcast and platform up. I've never felt more seen and heard or part of a larger collective of like-minded people. I can get a little ragey liberal, and I'm so grateful for more eloquent and intelligent people. She's not talking about us, is she? Uh, Intelligent people to formulate thoughtful ways to speak about the rage-inducing nonsense and keep me informed. I am disgusted and sad to see this country that I love in such a state of wild disarray. Mr. Rogers taught me to look for the helpers, and I see, mostly here, you two, doing your parts, along with the crew behind the scenes. So thank you for your efforts. Katie, that's so nice. That was wonderful. Second, my self-shout-out is more of a shameless plug. I'm raising money for a charity this year with the St. Baldrick's Foundation. I've been shaving my head on March 16th. I'll be shaving my head. I've been. I'll be shaving my head March 16th at the St. Patrick's Day Festival in town. I've done this every other year since 2020. No, wow. First time I shaved my head, we went into lockdown a week later. I've included a couple of photos for funsies. I have to say, I was pretty grateful to find out that my dome is just big and not as lumpy looking as it feels. (laughs) (laughs) I love you guys in this community. We're stronger together and I'm grateful I found you. Thanks for everything. There will be a link in the show notes to the St. Baldrick's Foundation if you would like to see more. This is awesome. Katie, you have a lovely face, a lovely head and curls. Yep. That second that. picture of you bald. So good. <laughs> with the uh, mm, with the uh, eyebrow uh, raise. That's yeah. right. This one's from Scott, pronouns he and him. I'm sitting here doing my 2023 taxes and I couldn't be happier. My wife and I are filing taxes on a home we bought through a USDA program for extremely low income people and settled in a small red town at the edge of the map. You, your positive messages and your podcasts were a big part of filling my ear holes and my heart from the start. I was fired at the beginning of COVID and talked my wife uh, talked with my wife about beginning my own experiment. Can I develop a skill that would let me move anywhere in the country, buy a house and make money? She had been diagnosed with a chronic disease in 2018, and it has slowly stopped her from being able to do all the things she used to. I decided to craft a path to a house and a job that had me in it. So I learned to sew. I'd already started sewing master people before lockdown and getting fired at the beginning of it gave me lots of time and incomes um, and an income stream. I decided to focus on longtime passion of mine, backpacks and bags. I bought an industrial machine and every scrap of high end fabric I could find. Since then, I've made everything from accessible clothing, school bags, purses and totes to tractor and RV covers. That's a lot of sewing. I'm currently learning how to make drapes and awnings. Good for you. I've also worked on a series of other skills and trades. I created and currently produce a successful everyday product for all the dildo owners out there. It's called harfordill.com, H-A-R-F-O-R-D-I-L.com, which has reached regular sales volume that pays my mortgage and bills and feeds us and our cats. That's fucking awesome. Oh, amazing. Literally fucking awesome. Alongside, <laughs> alongside all of that, I've been building real world skill in carpentry and ironwork at a commercial construction firm. I can now build a pre-engineered metal building from forming the concrete to that last wipe of cleaning rag before turning it over. I've also had the chance to help remediate some 
of the buildings and homes where we live. One of our kids and my wife and I are settling in one of the poorest, least populated and largest counties in the country to try and rebuild the space around us while we rebuild ourselves from the little we carried. I just want others to know that it's possible to come from a bad square zero to a healthy space through luck, learning, hard work, and taking advantage of the opportunities you make. I've included what I can what I can since most picks are living in a dead phone. <laughs> Keep kicking ass and spreading the love. Thanks for all you do. This is amazing. Like Scott, the shit you have learned and been able to do in four years. Kudos to you. From the website, the Har for Dill will let you use your dildos, fantasy cock, plugs, cones, slinks, knotted, and ball sack having toys with new degrees of control and won't require your knees or hips to be sacrificed for pleasure. Okay, this is pretty brilliant. Like, we can see a picture of this. Mm -hmm. This is a really cool contraption. Fuck yeah. Look at this. Look at that stitching on the... Yeah. Oh, wow. So great. And then there's some kitties. Yeah, this is very cool. I hope you make a billion dollars. I hope one of these gets like Shark Tank popular, whatever you need. All of it. Shark Tank popular. And, you know, I, I love the just the whole story of being able to go from zero to paying your mortgage. Fantastic. One of these things and so many other things that you're learning. Ah, congratulations. And congratulations to everybody for sending in your good news. You are heroes of mine for doing so. And if you have good news to send to us, you can do it by going to dailybeanspod.com and clicking on contact. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all so much uh, for keeping keeping me positive this week because I was pretty upset about that Supreme Court. I know you were. (laughs) But um, seriously, that's one of the most amazing things about this community is that I can always turn to y'all and just feel so much better. So thank you. Do you have any final thoughts today, my friend? No, I think we covered it. Well, actually, just wishing everyone a good weekend. I'm going to be gone on Sunday. I'll be in flight back from uh, Pennsylvania after a human rights campaign gala in Philadelphia. So I'm going to be working this weekend, but I'll be back in your ears Tuesday morning. Thank you for all the important work you're doing, my friend. Um, And I will be uh, back in your ears on Sunday with a brand new episode of Jack. I know we released the emergency episode, but there's a whole still another hour of stuff to cover with the documents case and all the filings. And there's a hearing uh, today. Uh, We're going to cover that. And that'll be me and Andy. I will bring you the beans on Monday. And then uh, Dana and I will be back in your ears on Tuesday. Until then, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. Take care of your family. Vote blue over Q. And please take everyone you know with you. I've been AG. And I've been DG. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for the Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants, and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media. <laughs>